Welcome to Under 30, the podcast series by the Youth Partnership that brings the research results, explores trends in young people's lives and themes relevant for youth policy and practice. The Youth Partnership has recently published a research paper, European Youth Work Policy Goals Analyzed, written by Ilona Evelyn Ranala, Jelena Stojanovic and Marko Kovacic. The goal of this analysis is to showcase, examine and compare youth work policy goals of the European Union and the Council of Europe. Where do they meet? What is different? What tools do they propose to reach the youth policy goals? In this episode, we are discussing these questions with Babis Papayanu from the European Commission. In this episode, we are discussing these questions with Babis Papayanu from the European Commission and Ilona Evelyn Ranala, a youth researcher from Estonia. We also look into the European Youth Work Agenda and the response it got from the Member States and also European Year of Youth, which has been announced by the European Commission and it is planned to be launched in January 2022. My name is Dariusz Grzemny and I'm joined in this podcast by Tania Basarab from the Youth Partnership. Enjoy listening. Welcome to the next episode of our podcast. Uh, And today we are talking about European Youth Work Policy Goals. Sounds very complicated, but probably it's not that complicated. We have a, a research paper that's trying to analyze European Youth Policy Goals of both European institutions, the Council of Europe and the European Union. Can we say a few words on this document? What's inside and what's the purpose of this document? And probably, Tanya, you will be the person who will start. Thank you, Darek. So just a small reminder, 2020 was a big year for youth work, for youth work policy, because there were many things that happened, but notably we had the third European Youth Work Convention, and that was a big gathering. It happened digitally in December 2020 under German presidency of the EU and chairmanship of the Council of Europe. So that that coincidence was a really nice thing for the whole community of youth work. And actually, since the convention, we are talking about community of practice in youth work. And that is something that we will be probably growing as an understanding and as a concept in the future. So we in the partnership, of course, supported the organization of the convention, notably through analysis, research, and so on. And then there were more policy decisions after the convention. There was also the final declaration of the convention. And one of the commitments that the two partner institutions made was to enhance their cooperation on a European youth work agenda and to enhance it partly through the partnership as well. And trying to help people understand what this youth work agenda was about, we asked Ilona, Marko Kovacic, who have very different mixed experiences of practice, research, policy, to look at the main documents and main decisions that were done around what this European Youth Work Agenda is about, and also the declaration, the Council of Europe recommendation, other relevant EU decisions, and to see where the commonalities lie and what should we be doing together. 
and they identified eight objectives or eight common themes. And probably Ilona is uh, better at explaining how they went about this analysis. Yes, hello. Well, we did dive into the five documents in April, May, and it was uh, a lot of deep swimming in the strategical documents, which uh, are sometimes, let's be honest, uh, hard to read and very overworded sometimes. So I think we helped the community of practice, like you mentioned, Tanya, maybe to sum it up a little bit and to showcase that those five very important strategical documents, EU and the and Council of Europe, they are actually going into the same direction and are giving us all some vision and goals to reach on the national level as well, not on the European level. So yes, we came up with eight teams and we did go not only focusing on the goals and aims which were headed in the documents, goals and aims, but we looked deeper into the tech and finding out how uh, the goals and aims are commented through the text uh, up to the end. We came up with eight teams, I may even say them now, it's the quality of youth work, youth workers who are learning and cooperating, youth work which is understood and recognized in the society, uh, innovative, adaptive and sustainable youth work, developing youth work, youth work for youth, core values and youth policy. And I don't want to run ahead, I'm sure Derek has uh, many questions for us to answer, but one thing I want to point out that all these eight teams are interconnected and interlinked. And I'm sure we are going to discuss about this during this half an hour. Yes, we will try. Although, as you said, it's a very complex document and there is eight themes. So it's quite a lot of things to discuss, but comprehensive analysis and very clear as well to, to see what is distinctive, where the different documents uh, or the goals, youth work policy goals, how they are promoted by both institutions. So if we can focus a little bit on this, you said already, Ilona, that these documents are heading towards the same direction, but it's very clear from the documents that there are few differences. There are a lot of meeting points. So if we can go a little bit in the details, just to showcase where these youth policy goals promoted by those two institutions in the documents that we mentioned before, where do they meet and where they differ? So if we can talk a little bit about it. And probably it's to you, Ilona, again, because you are one of the authors of the analysis. Yes, thank you, Derek. Well, you are quite right, it's a long discussion and we could take half of a day to elaborate on the, on the goals into more detail. But uh, as I said, they, the goals go hand in hand and uh, in the same direction in both the EU and Council of Europe documents. It has to be mentioned though that in some goals, the Council of Europe is a bit more detailed and more concrete also already showing some mechanisms and possible ways to achieve those goals. For example, talking about the quality of youth work, it's already a co-management and quality label mentioned there. In supporting youth workers, who are the key actually uh, in fulfilling those goals, they already mentioned different programs and possibilities. Then. What is similar, what has to be similar, uh, definitely, 
who is on the focus on young people. Uh, EU documents and Council of Europe documents will both stress that youth work is for all young people and that youth work is a very good practice to tackle and find young people who are in more vulnerable positions or marginalized in the society. So we both see uh, youth work as a very important practice in reaching all young people. Also, what is similar but also a little bit maybe different is uh, the innovation and the sustainability of youth work. Uh, both institutions uh, talk about it. The Council of Europe sees innovation as a principle or the value which is uh, going through the practice at all times at the same time when EU is maybe a bit more, not concrete, but maybe seeing the specific programs and specific measures taken under, under this. And uh, where they agree, uh, again, and which is very uh, good, I think, is that youth work is definitely a part of youth policy, already established part of youth policy, and this should be the way how it's um, developed further. So it's kind of, uh, in my way, it's, uh, in my mind, it's um, backing youth work from a youth policy view, and it's very important, actually. Uh, it helps the practice to establish. I think also what is noticed in both documents quite well is that youth work is a practice which takes place in a certain context. And the context in European countries is very different. Our histories are different, our cultures are different. And this explains and this is acknowledged in the documents that therefore youth work is very versatile, it's complex. It's different. I think by recognizing this, it also puts us in a position, and this is very clear in these documents, that we need to address so many issues from so many different contexts and the practices already existing. And I think uh, this might be maybe the biggest challenge, how to take all this context written into the goals in these documents, but then take to, you know, in real life and take some real steps to improve it. So yeah, I went maybe too far with it. Not too far. I guess there is uh, much more to read in the document. You just made a very comprehensive summary of, of what is there. We, of course, encourage everybody to go and look in this document. Tanya, you have something to add. Yeah, just an anecdote as we are working on a thinking and action kit based on the research we did on education and training and career pathways for youth workers. So we are trying to bring it closer to practitioners to engage with the results of that research. And one of the, we asked some people to read the, the publication, the handbook. And one of the questions that came back was, what do you mean by in your context? This is the first thing that people, I think, try to maybe forget when they orient themselves to reading European documents or international documents or even training material. But you cannot disconnect context from um, whatever action you want to take. So it was interesting that you, Ilona, talked about this context and the link and, and making the right link between the goals and the context. And it's exactly what a practitioner asked us to explain even more what we mean by 
in your context because it can be in your organization's context, in your small community context, or in your country policy context. So it can be at so many levels, and we will be probably talking a lot about this in the future. I would like to add also something characterized the year 2020, and of course it's the pandemic. So at the period of the pandemic and because of the lockdowns and because of the hard situation of the youth civil society organizations around, we mentioned, and and, um, this is also something that's coming out also from results and from researches and uh, statistics that we are receiving, we underline the importance of the youth work in the period of the pandemic, And we underline the importance of the youth work, especially in the small communities and in the in the local level. So this is a, something that we need to have in our mind and to focus in the next period, that when the difficult things are coming, there is a need of youth working, active youth working, quality youth working in a local level, where the young people are living, where the young people have the needs, And when, at the same time, the specific social categories of young people that, let's say, suffer more from all these amazing things need extra support. And that was also a starting point for us, for the European Commission, to to think twice about what we're going to do with the EU programs on youth, European Solidarity Corps, European... We took the decision to, to keep the programs alive and to leave the space for the civil society actors to apply and to implement in a digital format, unfortunately. But again, the result is the same. There is a need to focus more on quality youth work. There is a need to invest more on youth working in local and national level. And this is why the agenda is a very important document that will help us a lot in the next steps. And I believe that now we are ready to open these files in cooperation, of course, with the partnership and our stakeholders in the youth community. I'm not glad about the crisis, but... Let's admit that uh, this crisis has maybe done um, a favor, if you wish uh, to say it this way, for the youth work and especially the acknowledgement and recognition of youth work, which is one of the goals in in, uh, all these documents. Because now when we are in the deep crisis and young people have not been able to access education or the training or the employment so well and they have maybe been more at homes and we don't know what they have at homes and so on and so on. Then the importance of the youth work practice has really became more important and visible. We definitely need to kind of maybe, again it's not nice to say but take advantage of the crisis and communicate the thing, what youth work does for young people more clearly right now. And this is the communication of youth work is also one of the uh, themes in, in this document and the crisis has helped us. And as you mentioned, the innovation and the digital spaces and the digital methods uh, used in the youth work, definitely this has increased. Uh, at the same time, working myself with Estonian Association of Youth Workers, we have held quite many webinars and seminars for youth workers to improve their skills to work with digital spaces and different technology. I think this needs uh, some more attention in the future as all well the innovation. I mean, what came out from the documents was that youth work, uh, and I have always said, this is 
the plus and the minus of the youth work because youth work is flexible and it should be flexible and it is stressed in the documents that we need to react to the circumstances and see what's going on with young people in these circumstances. But at the same time, I think Howard Williamson has also said that this makes us vulnerable because if we are changing so flexibly and we are changing the practices and approaches so flexibly, we at all times need to explain it to the public and the community as well. And do we have enough time for that? Do we have enough resources for that? And do we have uh, well-equipped youth workers who are able to argument and explain their practice? All the umbrella organizations who do this. So these are the real-life questions, and they are actually uh, embedded in, in these documents as well, but maybe not in, into the detail we are discussing right now. So this is something we need to do in future more and more, I think. Thank you for this. Yes, we also talked a bit in our podcast about how youth work actually adapted in the times of COVID and giving different examples about how it reacted and about the innovative uh, methods it used. And, and I think this is, as you said, Ilana, the power of youth work that is very uh, quickly adaptable and innovative. And at the, and the, the same time, we are a bit vulnerable or we may face uh, this wall of, of misunderstanding of not being understood. And I think that sometimes, yes, we need to explain Uh, why we do it, how we adapt, and so on. I think that the topics that you mentioned are also maybe not in details explained in the different documents, but I think that the declaration of the Third European Youth Work Convention actually confirms all of the things that we were saying uh, and also confirming this adaptability and also sometimes shifting the focus, which is important. I mean, thematic focus that is also a, a direct response from what's happening in the world. For example, the focus on mental health of young people. We mentioned here the European Youth Work Agenda. Mm, we also talked about it a little bit before in our podcast. In the end of the document, there is a couple of recommendations, I would say quite a big couple of recommendations, which are meant to kind of give directions, suggestions for the institution, especially for the youth partnership, on how to go forward. And um, if we can say a few words about how this document actually helps the institutions, the, the partnership, and also the member states, of course, of the Council of Europe and the European Union, to engage with the implementation of the European Youth Work Agenda. Because there's always this question coming, how we get involved, what our role is when it comes to the implementation of the European Youth Work Agenda. I guess a really interesting question because we are happy, as Tanya says, because the document is fine, it's beautiful, and it's a, it's a work uh, that we expected for a lot of years, talking about the youth civil society organizations and the youth movements and all the things. So it was a clear signal that the two international organizations, European Union and the Council of Europe, are understanding the framework. So, yes, we have the recommendations part at the very end and uh, says what the two organizations can do, what the member states can do. And I have the feeling that this is the difficult part. So from the side of the European Union, I can say that the European Commission is trying to push this agenda in every meeting with the governments. There are governments that they are happy and they already accept 
the agenda, and even I can say that they are pushing forward the agenda. So they are asking what, where we are and what we are doing. So last December we have a, a paper. What are the developments? There are countries who believe that it's too early and we need to study more the national conditions of youth work and uh, youth policy building, especially in this, we call it the, the recovery period, so the, the period after the, the pandemic. And uh, yes, there are also some countries who I believe that they still don't have the agenda and the youth work as a clear priority. Maybe it's not clear for them how they are going to, to move on. So from our side, we are developing some uh, tools and we're working a lot, especially this period, because it's also the preparation phase for the uh, European Year of Youth that connect also the agenda as a priority. And I believe uh, that also tomorrow is, is the Youth Working Party again, and we are going to explain to the member states that uh, there is a need to invest more and there is an opportunity now to, to have a more clear agenda uh, on youth policy and the European Youth Work Agenda is a crucial tool for that. So we understand that there are countries who are, um, who are interested to develop and, and for sure we will start from them. There are proposals coming in Brussels talking about how to involve young people after the pandemic period, how to involve more young people. And there is, let's say, a slogan that we are using the last one month that, that the European Commission activities on youth must include all young people and this is a clear signal that we need to extend the framework of the implementation of youth policy and this is again why there is a need of involvement of for youth workers and youth work based on all levels local regional national and european so practically we're going to have more details in the next period on that but for sure we as a practical result we are in the very last phase for the starting of the subgroup on youth work which is one of the one of the tools that will help us to develop the new portal the new digital tools for youth workers and it's one of the of our ob obligations as european commission based on the on the agenda so we close all the bureaucracy exercises and uh, the calls and everything and we're going to have the kickoff meeting of the group of experts and member states also we are going to push a lot of the youth work agenda in as i said in the youth year the coming youth year and the third uh, it will be a high level priority of the coming conference of the future of Europe, uh, which will take place in, uh, in Strasbourg in uh, May, having thousands of youngsters from all over the country, one third of the participants uh, will be young people. So we will be really interesting to involve them. And of course, youth work is again the tool for making the exercise available for all of us. Thank you, Tanya. The recommendations in the document that Ilona co-wrote are very much directed towards youth partnership. If you can say about uh, how this can help you also in being involved in the implementation of the agenda, but also what plans you have. Babish said a few words about what are the plans of the European Commission for the very near future. So what about the, the youth partnership? So one of the reasons that the authors made some specific recommendations on how, what role the partnership could play in the future is because we ask them to do this work in preparation of a consultative process for our future work plan. So 
of course, we wanted to understand what the demands are and to figure out what could be the best role that the partnership could play to support these processes, like Babis mentioned, in the European Union. Next year, for example, is already five years since the Council of Europe recommendation on youth work was adopted. And I would say that large-scale projects that were funded by Erasmus programs, such as Europe Goes Local, then all the initiatives on the Council of Europe side with more discussion on more mainstreaming of youth work across all their work, across, for example, quality label network, support to member states. So youth work has been dynamically growing in interest and importance. And at the same time, you need to sustain this work. So for the partnership, at least, for example, when Ilona was mentioning innovation, digital innovation, there was a lot of innovation in youth work, even in outreach youth work, in detached youth work, in going in, we, we talked, I think, also on the podcast, examples of youth work supporting young people in the highlands in Scotland or in rural Romania. We had a really interesting webinar as part of the MOOC on Youth Work Essentials. So it's the idea is to share this diversity so people can take something for themselves across the continent. But there are some big proposals as well that the the... Council of Europe and the European Commission are discussing in terms of the partnership role. And one of them is to develop uh, a better dialogue with the community of practice. So this is something we will be working towards 2023 with the idea of having something between the conventions. Let's recall that the conventions are big generators of thinking, of direction, of drive, on youth work policy. And so if in 2023, we organize such a big uh, meeting of the community of practice, that will be a moment to take stock of where we are. It will also be after the year of youth in the EU. It will be after the evaluation of the Council of Europe recommendation. It will be hopefully after we have launched already self-paced learning as part of the MOOCs. And so there's a lot to, to look at and to assess and to see how else we can adjust and how we can reach out better and more with opportunities for youth workers and for young people as well. And, and of course, don't, don't uh, forget to say that because now we are preparing the, the work program of the partnership for the year 2022 and 2023, it's obvious that uh, youth work is one of the pillars of this two years plan. And we are really happy because together with uh, the colleagues from the partnership, we are trying to explore youth work as it will be in the future, not mainstreaming youth work, and not how we are understanding youth work based on today's conditions, but the youth work as uh, young people ask based also on the researches and the statistics and whatever we are collecting from the programs. Thank you. So there is a lot of things to expect to happen. Probably some of them we may even cover in our next podcast uh, because there's a lot of very big things coming, including the European Year of Youth, which I think will be full of different activities and processes going on together. Thank you, Ilona. Thank you, Babis. And thank you, Tanya, for, for being with us today. And uh, yes, you will find the link to the analysis 
that we were talking today about in the notes to this episode. So thanks a lot and uh, bye bye.